Thank you for listening to Show Me Today. 3D printing is proving to be a valuable asset for numerous fields and professions. None may be more imperative than its growing role in manufacturing. Missouri S&T has recently invested in numerous 3D printing devices to help prepare students in the manufacturing field. Joining Cameron Connor is Dr. Richard Billow. He's the director for the Center of Advanced Manufacturing with Missouri S&T. What we're focusing on here at the Protoplex is procuring the emerging technologies in 3D printing. So these machines are being procured that are emerging technologies because we want our graduates to come out prepared so that uh, uh, they would be more readily adopted by the Missouri manufacturing companies. So uh, uh, like the big companies in the state, like Caterpillar, like Boeing, are asking us to, to get these machines because they're building their products with them and they want their suppliers to be able also to support them with these emerging advanced manufacturing technologies. So this B3D system is what's called a cold spray system. So rather than using a laser, like a, uh, a uh, metal uh, powder bed uh, printer, rather than using a laser that heats and melts a, uh, a metal particles to produce a part, it, uh, it sends particles through a na- nozzle at supersonic speeds. And it's the impact against a uh, you know a substrate that causes the part to be built. So it's a, it's a different way of doing it. It's very very good for example on uh, uh, for uh, repairing parts for, for example that, that are corroded or have cracks and that it would provide a controlled coating. We're working on it as a re- replacement technology for parts that have traditionally been cast. And we're being funded by the Army to look at cold spray for replacement of castings. Just like I say, it's you got particles going through a nozzle on a robot at supersonic speeds. It's the impact of those articles, of those particles, that allows the part to be built. As that nozzle goes across in a predefined manner, it just builds the parts in that way. So there's no heat involved, uh, no melting involved, no cooling involved. Just supersonic impact, and they just stick together. Now, if you've tuned in late or you want to listen to more, share this. Just search Show Me Today wherever you get your podcast. You've tuned in to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with Dr. Richard Billow. He is the director for the Center of Advanced Manufacturing at Missouri S&T. And we're discussing a state-of-the-art 3D printer that the university has just attained that will be the future for manufacturers all across the country to have a quicker response time to any parts they may need. Can you basically highlight why it's getting more increasingly difficult for manufacturers to get some of these additive parts and how this printer could make an immediate impact for any of these said manufacturers. Well, these technologies are coming about because it's getting increasingly difficult to get parts through traditional manufacturing modes. Uh, For example, uh, one large aerospace manufacturer that we work with said it takes them three years to get a replacement casting, and they need something more immediate. Uh, A cast part, for example, requires a mold or a die, and a die maker or a mold maker that makes those molds. They're very expensive to make these molds. A lot of these mold makers retired 
after the pandemic ended. They just did not come back. Uh, a lot of these parts on these airplanes or submarines or, or, or ships, uh, these are older vehicles, and the company may no longer be in business. And so this is a technology that they can put in their facility to immediately do the replacement, make the replacement. We just need a very small number of these parts. Assistant Vice Chancellor of Marketing and Communications, Andrew Cariega from Missouri S&T, is also in this interview. Andrew, it looks like you have a question. Are there any challenges regarding the quality of a um, 3D printed piece versus a machined piece? And, and are there those issues that we're taking into consideration or concerns that, that manufacturers may have with this new technology? Sure, just like a machine part, you have to uh, you have to learn uh, how to uh, do the materials processing so that you result it results in a high quality part. It's it's not just print the part and by magic it, this is a wonderful part. You have to make sure that the the performance, the mechanical performance, is uh, is within uh, uh, quality specifications. You have to make sure there's no cracks or there's no pores or voids in these technologies. And that's just part of the engineering process that, that you have to go through with any new uh, technology. But now, don't ever think that it's just uh, that you just buy the machine and, and you print the part and it's, it's magically a perfect part. No, there's a lot of engineering that goes into using this technology to produce a high quality part. You've already touched on some of the manufacturers that this can benefit, mainly kind of in the aeronautics and space fields and stuff of that nature. And while it seems like that's a primary focus of this, could a machine <clears throat> like this technically help all sorts of manufacturers in different realms than that? Or are you primarily focusing it towards yes. the aeronautics? No, no, no. It's it's. I, I would say it's focused towards any company that's doing metal forming. Right? So this could be job shots. This could be machine shops. It doesn't really matter. It could be automotive industry, aerospace industry. It's just the focus really is on metal forming. It could be a casting company that's uh, rather than setting up a line for just a few replacement parts, they can just print these parts immediately uh, without the need to go back and make a mold, which can cost $80,000, $85,000 just for the mold. If you needed thousands of these, then yes. You cast uh, the part with traditional means uh, because it's inexpensive to do that. But when you only need a couple of replacement parts, it's, it is faster and cheaper to print the parts. And that's definitely <laughs> a huge benefit sure. that a lot of people are trying to access that demand. So yeah, it's... but it's the metal forming industries in, in, mm -hmm. in our state. And that's what we're targeting. We know that our graduates are going to go out and they're going to work. Not all of them are going to work for Boeing, uh, these big corporations. Some of them are going to work in you know, our 114 counties. Uh, they're going to go, they're going to want to go back to their homes. They're going to go, and go to work for the local manufacturer. We want to be, them to be able to tell their companies, hey, I'm skilled on this. Why aren't we doing this? This is a long-term strategies uh, companies use. Something I'm talking about the makers of these machines. They use is when these new technologies come out, they're not immediately adopted. And one way to help that in the long term is to provide a mechanism to educate the engineering students and the tradespeople uh, while they're still in school. How does the purchase of this machine help for the overall research of Missouri S&T and also the student body, whether it's preparation for yeah. those fields like you said they were going into or anything else yes. that it could help with? We do not choose these machines ourselves. 
we only select a machine when we have some kind of either corporate or state or federal grant, and the companies choose the machine because they're typically using these technologies or they know that they're coming or they know that they're needed. And so they'll typically work with us to develop new prototypes, new product lines uh, with these emerging technologies, because a lot of times they're learning along with us. A lot of times they mentor us and they'll send their technical fellows to RALA to work with us on these technologies. We then pursue state and federal funding. Our hope is to, to be awarded state and federal funding to incorporate them into our undergraduate and our graduate manufacturing programs. So that, for example, we'll have a new course on additive manufacturing where uh, the students each uh, throughout the semester will be exposed maybe to up to four different additive manufacturing technologies that we that the companies say are important. So our hope is to develop those courses, get state and federal funding to help develop those courses and provide the students hands-on lab sections as well as lecture sections where they learn the theory of operation. And in the labs, they get hands-on experience uh, with those machines. And we hope to do the same thing with the trade schools and the community colleges. Let's let's look big picture. Is that what's basically Missouri S&T is anticipating, that these kind of 3D printers are going to be in manufacturing hubs all over, whether it's all over Missouri or all over the country? Yes, it's all over the country because there are Department of Defense presidential directives that, one, are concerned that we are losing our uh, domestic uh, manufacturing capability, which is a national security risk if we cannot produce our own uh, domestic assets. And the second part of those presidential directives are, are we are to make use of advanced manufacturing technology, the emerging advanced manufacturing technologies to whatever extent possible to uh, to return uh, America, U.S. to dominance in domestic manufacturing. Whether it's the short term for what's next and your next plans of action for this printer, or if you want to expand it long term, what, what's really next for this? Well, uh, what's next is, is as we incorporate this into our educational system, we are teaming with the community colleges uh, across the state to have them take these technologies and offer industrial upskilling for uh, tradespeople already working in that supply chain so that uh, we can offer, uh, working with them, short courses can be offered to the current workforce.